0: They offer exceptional service, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and awesome prices. The hours of the store are 9 to 6, Monday through Saturday, closed on Sunday. I look forward to chatting with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello, and welcome back to the Staying Healthy radio show. Good morning to you this Friday morning. I hope you're all doing awesome. Uh, It is a... um, downward spiral we're in right now heading toward the holiday season and with it comes all the things that we talk about every single year. Only the last couple of years we haven't really talked about them that much because I think we really were are not really out there doing the things we normally do because everybody was locked up at home and dealing with you know COVID and the pandemic and quarantine and all that stuff but we have been let loose and we are out there now. So today we're going to talk about Maybe some preventive measures that we might want to take um, to keep our immune systems a little sharp, keep us a little healthier, keep us a little bit more aware and keep us a little bit more focused, you know, and hopefully paying a little bit more attention, which I think is important. Welcome to the show. This is the Staying Healthy radio show Monday through Friday. I'm here eight to nine in the morning talking to you about your good health and well-being and maybe giving you some tools, some tricks, some tips that might just make things a little bit better. You know, we get so lost in all of the things we're doing every single day. And I think what ends up happening is we end up having a situation where, you know, we lose our personal healthy focus because we've got too many other things on our plate. You know, we're trying to deal with deadlines and work and friends and family and activities and all the things that we're doing. And that's all well good. But sometimes we push ourselves so far back on the back burner that we kind of get lost and then all of a sudden a lot of things start happening because we we weren't focusing. So we're going to talk about some of that stuff today as well want to remind you that every single day on the show, I bring you some of the best guests in the industry, the movers, the shakers, the people that are actually making a difference in our industry and who make a difference every day, um, formulating beautiful products, doing research, uh, making sure that the good word is being spread here and around the world about the alternatives and the compliments that are available. And then, of course, I always send you to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Stay Healthy is your one-stop, full-service location for everything health and nutrition. Now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley, they are Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer. They're actually a fully-packed, fully-serviced, if you will, uh, natural health food store. They've got all the good stuff in every category, plus they have the most knowledgeable, intelligent, informed and educated and passionate people that you get to work with. Let me tell you, when you're trying to get healthy, be healthy and stay healthy, you want to go somewhere where you get the best service. But you also get an education and your questions are answered and your confusion is dealt with and they make you feel comfortable because, you know, talking and being honest about our health and well-being and how well or not so well we take care of ourselves and we have to talk about it in a conversation, sometimes if we don't feel comfortable, we don't really open up well enough. And without asking the right questions and being really honest about it, can you really pinpoint the situation and the direction you need to go? No. So they make sure that you are comfortable and you can have these conversations. You won't find this anywhere else. And that's why they've been here for such a long time. And that's why they are, you know, so present, so visible and so popular. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. The hours of the store, Monday through Saturday from uh, 9 to 6. Uh, Sundays, they're closed. Uh, For mail order services and maybe just to get your order together on a busy day, you can swoop in, pick it up, and be on your way. Give them a call at 877-2494, 877-2494. If you haven't visited their newly revamped webpage, it's pretty cool. Uh, They've done a great job on it. They do better on it all the time. And, of course, their social media is incredible, too. Their webpage, StayHealthyLasVegas.com, where you can partner up with them, enter your email address, and start getting alerts for promotions and specials and coupons that you can print right on your home computer. And, of course, all of the radio show podcasts are always on demand on the webpage, StayHealthyLasVegas.com. Well, Neil Levin is back with us today. How cool is that? It's always great to have Neil here. He brings such an informed, educated, and just a pleasant amount of information on our health and well-being, but he also brings great clarity, and that's really important. If you haven't had the distinct pleasure to hear Neil in the past, of course, you can go back and hear past shows on the podcast, Uh, give you a little background. Actually, it's a pretty extreme background. Uh, Neil is the nutrition education uh, manager and product formulator for the natural product manufacturer, Now Foods a board-certified clinical nutritionist who managed health food stores and cooperatives for decades. Neil is an international lecturer, award-winning industry champion, co-founder and longtime officer of the American Nutrition Association, director of the Mid-American Health Organization, MAHO, uh, the Midwestern Regional Trade Association, and the National Clinical Certification Board, and a former technical advisor to the non-GMO project. A lot of information, an amazing background, and just a great guest. Help me welcome my guest. Good morning, Neil.
1: Good morning. Not only your guest, your friend.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. i here watching the uh, snow flurries come
0: down in Chicago area. Yeah, it's it's a little chilly out here, but not too bad. Uh, but it's um, it's OK. We can handle it. Our days are still really, really nice here. So, I, you know, I got to I guess got to start right from this from the very beginning. People don't know what they're doing with dealing with today, you know, because we're in a winter. We're back out there. We're not masked. We're not hazmated. We're not shielded. And all of a sudden people are getting sick. And then the biggest question comes in. Do I have a cold? Do I have a flu? Do I have a respiratory virus? Do I have covid? Uh, I don't know what to do. People are all confused. They're using these tests like crazy, and they're like, well, I'm negative, but I feel terrible, and, you know, maybe there's a way we could differentiate. Is there there a different approach to all of these nutritionally?
1: Uh, Not so much because they all provoke immune responses. Mm -hmm. So supporting the immune system goes a long way towards resistance against any kind of illness, uh, especially seasonal respiratory-type illnesses. uh, You know, that's something that uh, is is going to be, you know, the same kind of tools are used for different types of things, bacteria, viruses. Um, Now, you know, when you're looking at medications, we know antibiotics don't work on viruses. They only work on bacteria. So uh, cold and flu, and, and COVID are not going to be affected by antibiotics, which is an interesting thing. But uh, remember, too, that uh, having the uh, immune system stronger helps you resist all of these things. Uh, and also, the antibiotics are sometimes used because people are getting secondary infections when their immune systems are overwhelmed. And maybe some of those are bacterial so, you know, an antibiotic might be recommended by a physician at that stage, you know, even though it's not going to work on the uh, primary organisms behind, uh, you know, the viral ones behind COVID, uh, cold, and flu. But, you know, if people can get other things going on. And if your immune system's weak, uh, you need to strengthen it or else you're going to be forced to deal with maybe they're going to give you an antibiotic, which is again going to disrupt your probiotics, your good gut bacteria, the microbial community living in our guts, that is a large part of our immune system. So if we are degrading part of our immune system by using antibiotics orally, then that's going to impact our ability to resist everything else. Uh, So you know, antibiotics are kind of a last resort uh, in terms of integrative medicine, in terms of uh, helping with fighting a disease. You know, once you have a disease, you know, you've you got to knock out. Maybe you're trying to knock out pneumonia. Maybe you're tr- not trying to knock out uh, some other uh, disease that's bacterial in origin because the immune system's so weak that you have no choice. But you don't want to get to that point. You want to have a strong immune system that's resilient. You want good gut probiotics. You want a good diet. You want have the nutrients that the body needs to be strong and fight these things off. I mean, we're looking at a time now when hospitalizations are going up. Uh, there's, they're calling it a triple threat between co- uh, COVID strains coming out, the new strains that are evolving, uh, the, the flu season. And there's a respiratory illness going around too. So the three of them together are starting to inch up the hospitalization rates and causing some concern in medical circles where you know people should be trying to use self-defense, having a competent immune system, which is really what the immune system is designed to do. If we give it the proper tools, if we uh, you know live a fairly healthy lifestyle, we can't avoid being exposed to things. But the question is how much exposure are, are we willing to risk through different activities? And how strong are we trying to make our immune systems so that we are resilient and can uh, shrug off a certain amount of these challenges?
0: I think the thing comes in is, is the biggest thing I think in most people's mind, from what I hear, is people are just very fearful. I mean, they just don't, I mean, they kind of just don't know what to think anymore. The last couple of years has really, you know, just caused a lot of frustration and confusion. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I think we really need to talk about preparation and you know, over the last couple of years, people have started to take more nutritional supplements and, you know, they are washing their hands more often and they are hopefully cupping their mouth when they're coughing and sneezing. But, you know, for years and years and years, this time of the year, you know, people are more visible, you know, out there because they're around a lot more people. So there's a much better chance that they're going to get something. The degree of that something depends on, I think personally, how well prepared you are and how strong or you know, functioning your immune system is. What do you think?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, if your immune system is not ready to deal with these things, that's a problem. And one of the reasons for the confusion that you mentioned is because we're dealing with viruses that are continuously evolving. Mm -hmm. So we are not dealing with the original COVID strain anymore. That is long gone. And, you know, we had the Delta. we've, We've had all these other strains, Omicron. Uh, all these new variants with letters and numbers, uh, which makes it uh, a different challenge. Uh, you know, if it's evolving to ev- evade our immune system, for example, growing in our nasal passages where there's not a lot of immunity, and and uh, which is what the newer COVID variants are doing, uh, instead of go- going in deeper, waiting to multiply when they're in your bodies and where they're accessible to our immune cells. Instead, they're growing in the outer areas where there's not as much immunity. And yeah, even someone who's not experiencing symptoms can spread the disease. That's always been the case, but it's much worse now than it used to be in that regard because of the way that the newer strains are evolving differently. So we're not fighting the same uh enemy that we were fighting two or three years ago. You know, it's, it's a totally different thing, even though it's the same organism evolved. You know, it's different. You know, it, it's like you're fighting a mutant instead of fighting uh, the original enemy. Uh, you're fighting Bruce Banner before, and now you're fighting the Hulk. So you need to have your immune system really tuned up and strong to be able to deal with this, because, you uh, while the risk may be greater that you're gonna spread it than actually suffer symptoms, especially if you've been vaccinated or exposed and you, or have hybrid immunity, which is both, which is actually in, in studies, the stronger, longer lasting immunity if you've had both vaccination and uh, exposure. Uh, according to the medical studies I've seen, uh, that does convey the greatest amount of protection, but there's still a large degree of protection Somebody who has either had COVID or been vaccinated or both uh, has a very low risk of hospitalization and death compared to other people. And it it seems like the death rate in in people who are resisting vaccination is much higher. Uh, I've seen some indications maybe it's double uh, for people who are not taking care of their immune system one way or another.
0: So basically, it is a viral season, if you will, be it the flu or COVID or maybe even RSV. They're talking a lot about that now. One way or another, it it is a some kind of a virus. It's one of them. Could, could you have more than one? Do they have crossover?
1: You can have multiple infections at the same time. And mm-hmm. I mean, even the common cold can be going around. There's over 100 strains of the common cold. There's three major strains, the A, B, and C strains of the influenza virus, but they have sub-strains, and that's what they're talking about when they're they're talking about giving you the three-strain uh, vaccine for the seasonal flu, is they're guessing, basically they're looking at the, the flu strains that are going around in the southern hemisphere six months earlier, and then they're growing those uh You know, they're they're growing in basically in eggs. Uh, They're growing the vaccines to those specific strains and combining them to make the vaccine. And and they're guessing what's going to hit the northern hemisphere six months from now. And in a rapidly evolving world of viruses, they don't always guess right. Uh, The Center for Disease Control and Prevention figures I've seen indicates that the uh, what I looked at before was a 10-year average was about a uh, 40% effectiveness for the vaccines, the, the, the common uh, flu vaccine. And it's declined down to about one in three is effective. So we're looking at a declining over time, declining effectiveness of flu vaccines, uh, partially because people are becoming resistant to the flu vaccines themselves. Uh, the flu vaccines tend to have less effect if you get them every year. It tends to diminish the effect uh, over time. But also uh, the strains themselves are really evolving just like COVID to evade our immune system and become more successful at spreading. So it, it's a basically a escalation, like a, two enemies who are escalating their capabilities, it's like a Cold War, that's fighting to maintain higher uh, uh in our case defensive capabilities in the case of the virus uh better uh, abilities to evade our defenses and attack us
0: so here's my question you know we've been told the longest time that most traditional antibiotics are actually for more bacterial infections are antibiotics at all effective with viruses today no
1: Yep. in fact uh by, as I mentioned, by killing off our probiotics in our gut to some extent, it's actually lowering our immunity. Uh, so you, what you're relying on is a weapon that's attacking its friendly fire as well as attacking the enemy. So, you, you know, it's a mixed bag to take an antibiotic. It's, that's why I mentioned it, it probably should be a last resort rather than a first resort to somebody with an infection. You know, obviously you don't want it to go to into pneumonia or some of these other situations where, where you're getting a problem from the bacterial infections, these opportunistic infections. Uh, and again, when people take antibiotics, it doesn't kill fungus either, so people tend to get the candida and yeast overgrowth in the gut as well when they're taking antibiotics, uh, especially if they're not continuing to take probiotics. Probiotics tend to be at least somewhat resistant to antibiotics, the modern probiotics that we sell. And if you, I've seen studies where people continuously take their probiotics during a course of antibiotics, and they're able to maintain not all but a substantial amount of their gut microbes, these probiotics or good bacteria, uh, even during the period when they're taking the antibiotics. Uh, During the day, you want to separate the antibiotic from the probiotic supplement as much as possible. And when I say supplement, you know, you can drink kefir, kombucha, or any of these things with live bacteria, and they will have a similar effect. Uh, One advantage of the modern probiotics that we sell in like capsule powder form is that they are acid-resistant, they're bile-resistant, they don't need special coatings. Uh, the, the probiotics they use to actually culture and make yogurt, for example, the Thermophilus and Bulgaricus cultures that have been around for over 100 years, uh, known to man, uh, I've been around you know, forever, really, but uh, in terms of knowing them. Uh, the These strains are largely killed off by stomach acid and bile and very little survives to, to colonize the gut and to show up in the stool so they do have transient benefits dead probiotics even if they're killed on the way in like the traditional yogurt cultures still have benefits they make compounds when they're alive that that benefit the gut and the immune system uh, they discourage the growth of uh, other undesirable organisms including candida so dead probiotics have a certain effect. They just don't colonize and, and grow and protect, in a greater sense, the GI tract. They But they still do have benefits, and that's the original benefits of yogurt have now been augmented by finding these strains that are compatible with the human gut and ecology and immunity, uh, but are also... Uh, well-researched ones that have benefits on the, on the immune system or other areas of the body. They're looking at benefits for, for probiotics well beyond immunity now. And, uh, you know, even things like uh, uh, cardiovascular health and things like that, uh, brain health, There's they're finding probiotics that actually have some evidence for that now. But they're looking at uh, the ability of these things to do more than the original yogurts are that people were, have been eating for years for centuries uh, these new strains that they've found in nature actually have greater survivability greater benefits and when they colonize the, the human gi tract they provide a almost a chainmail protection against invasive organisms coming in orally
0: now you you have a product a couple products actually the allbiotics um they're different. You have one that has um, zinc and I think vitamin C in it, and the other one does not. Are those a good preventive measure, or do we start using those maybe when we've already, let's say, been infected and we're dealing with something? I would think they're preventive. Uh,
1: there, there's some combination in them. The uh, the one that we call, yeah, uh, you know, we we have we have two versions of the. Uh, alibiotic formula. Uh One is called the the CF and that's the original one. And that actually has a a garlic extract that contains allicin. Uh Allicin, uh, which is the name of a compound. (laughs) Sounds like a a woman's name. But uh, the allicin, which which has two I's in it by the way, uh, is a, a compound that is a gas produced by fresh garlic when it gets bruised. And the, the purpose that we perceive it's for is if in the wild, you know, a garlic plant uh, out in nature, uh, it gets damaged, it's putting out this gas that will inhibit mold growth, basically, is what it's doing. It's a self-protective mechanism of the garlic. And since it's a gas, it's very short-lived. And so it took uh, some patented technologies to be able to uh, crush garlic basically underwater, capture the gas bubbles that are uh, coming out of it, and uh, be able to capture them and dry them and make these very concentrated uh, powders that have the allicin uh, compound or the, the, the parent compounds of allicin that will turn into allicin once it reaches our gut, uh, there's two different ways of looking at this. But uh, you know, it is an antimicrobial produced by the garlic plant that is not there in aged garlic. I mean, if you roast a whole garlic clove and eat it, you'll probably get it. But if you're crushing garlic, that gas is going to escape right away. I so see. it does contain that, but it also contains elderberry extract, a 50 to 1 concentrate. Uh, it has olive leaf extract, which is the 18% oleuropeins, the active compound. Uh, olive leaf is also sold in a 6% material. This is the 18%. We have oil of oregano or oregano oil in there, which has carvacrol and other compounds in there. We have the immune enhancer arabinogalactan from large trees. Which is a prebiotic fiber that helps promote the growth of probiotics in the gut. And there's some rosemary oil, which is both a natural preservative and uh, has antioxidant or free radical fighting com- uh, properties on its own. And it's all in an enteric coated soft gel capsule. So, you know, we're looking at something that is a very popular, very relevant uh, product that, you know, if you bite open the capsule, you taste the oregano and garlic, and it tastes like an Italian meal. So it's not a bad-tasting thing, but it's intercoated to protect that allicin, that garlic component, and to protect people against burping up the garlic or, you know, making the garlic more odorless as well. So the intercoating has kind of a dual function there. So, you know, that, that is a, a great formula that's preventive, and it does tend to have a, a slight uh, antiseptic quality as well in, in the gut, uh, but without, uh, by the way, negatively affecting probiotics, which is a, something that we're concerned about. That there's a new variation of that called alibiotic CDZ, where we've added vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc, which we use zinc bisglycinate, which is a well-absorbed form of zinc. And that still has a garlic extract, oregano oil, olive leaf, and the larch. It does not have the elderberry in there uh, anymore. I mean, we had to make room for something else uh, to put in the, the C, D, and zinc in there. Uh, but anyway, it's, you know it's a similar product that has the vitamins for people who are not taking them. Uh, The other one's great if you're already taking your vitamin D or multivitamin, extra C, and you just want to add the herbs. If if you're looking for a combination product, we have that, too.
0: You know, I think today we're, we're, we're once again, just as we were in COVID, we're dealing with, you know, two different groups of people. We're dealing with the people that are going out into the world, and we're doing all the people that are around everybody because they work in the world, And we have so many people out there that are in retail and close proximity. You know, they've taken down a lot of those plexiglass shields and people are back out of the front lines again. So we have people that need to be, you know, dealing with this preventively. And then we have people that are dealing with it just trying to get the job done.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you need both. People need to be able to have the resistance, but they also need to be able to fight it when you're actually exposed
0: to something. I think I think that uh, a lot of people, and I have a lot of people chiming in now just saying, so, you know, I want to stay healthy. A lot of my friends are dropping like flies. Can Neil suggest some things that we can bring in now? A lot of them are saying, you know, I already take a lot of vitamins, but I want something that points in this direction because I think I need to be more preventive.
1: And that's where these herbal formulas come in and people want to augment it. But the other thing that tends to be effective is taking antioxidants. Uh, And that's the full range of antioxidants. On a label nowadays, you can only call vitamins and minerals antioxidants. But in medical literature and scientific literature, there's there's many herbs and and other things. Alpha-lipoic acid, for example, known as the universal antioxidant. Uh, These are things that are very beneficial uh, for the immune system because oxidative stress is a key signal of a virus that allows the virus to determine which cells to attack. It's actually looking for oxidative stress and attacking and targeting those cells that are exhibiting signs of oxidative stress, not enough antioxidants to protect themselves. And that makes them weak. Just like uh, a predator in the wild is going to attack a herd of animals and is going to go after the weak ones. And cu- they call it culling the herd. If They're not attacking the strongest males with the, you know, uh, say they've got the horns or antlers and they're muscular. They're going after the young, the old, the weak, the sick, and, and attacking them. They're looking for the weak cells in our bodies. They're looking for the ones that are exhibiting signs of oxidative stress, and those are the ones that the viruses latch on to attack and enter and take over those cells. They're not going after the strong cells. So we can strengthen ourselves with nutrition, including antioxidants.
0: Huh. You know, I somebody else just chimed in, and she said, she said it's been crazy. You know, two years, you know, we've been shielded, and, you know, I've made it through everything so far, and then a week ago I got something. I'm still testing negative, but I feel miserable and sick. And I made it through two years of everything else out there and the craziness. And of course, now I've got something. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it seems like it's in my chest and everything. So now I'm trying to at home and nursing this. She goes, "It's just frustrating."
1: Well, a lot, a lot of the symptoms are persistent, and one of the most persistent symptoms is congestion and mucus that tends to form, and that's actually one of the uh, symptoms that's noted for what's called long COVID, is a persistence of congestion and mucus and things uh, going on for months. Uh, not not uncommon uh, for people who have been exposed, and it, it may be a result of exposure to COVID at some point, whether it's been diagnosed or not. Maybe the symptoms were mild or not noticed but it was enough to trigger that excess mucus production uh it could be that uh somebody is uh, currently being exposed to something that they're not even realizing that their body is trying to fight off you know because mucus is the body's way of flushing an area with immune cells and trying to remove uh things that it doesn't like uh Mucus tends to have immune cells in it that help to fight things off. Uh, the mucous membranes line the uh, areas of our body exposed to the outer world, including our nasal passages. Our, uh, our GI tract uh, tends to have some as well. So it's really a protective mechanism, and if you don't have enough protection otherwise, there's a compensation mechanism where the mucus increases. There's also dietary issues. Some people, when they do dairy, especially when they're ill, uh, tend to make more mucus. So, you know, there's other relationships going on there too. Uh, you know, the body, human body is extremely complex and there's a lot of interrelated uh, systems that are using the same mechanisms, and uh, the same media to do different things. So, you know, you might have a mucous membrane that's a protective layer, but it's also a layer that uh, contains immune cells. It's also a layer that helps you shed things that you're trying to remove from the body. So it's an eliminative uh, part of our body as well. So, you know, the, the body likes to multitask and have different ways of doing things. With the same parts, it's more efficient that way, and As our bodies have evolved to deal with these immune challenges over time, the systems become more sophisticated, but so do the attackers.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about NAC. NAC has been in the news this year, and I know that that is something that um, could be beneficial for this, maybe not for everybody, but for certain things that people are going through right now.
1: Yeah, NAC is n cysteine. Which is a very stable form of cysteine. Uh, we we just came out with a powdered form, and it's got like a five-year date on it. You know, I mean, it's really stable with the acetyl group added to it. Uh, it's a stabilizer. But uh, acetyl cysteine is, and cysteine itself, which is an amino acid, uh, is the main constituent of. Uh, antioxidant made in the body called glutathione. And glutathione peroxidase and some of these enzymes produced from glutathione are the main circulating antioxidants in our bodies. And when we're talking about oxidative stress, we're really talking about a lack of these compounds available to our cells. The body needs these things. So have taking NAC, that is the limiting factor There are three amino acids in glutathione, and there's some mineral cofactors. The the most important by far is getting cysteine, and NAC or N-acetylcysteine is uh, the most popular and most stable uh, form of, of cysteine. That's what's really needed to directly promote the production of glutathione in the body, which increases our ability to fight oxidative stress. And that strengthens our cells against viruses. So that's the body's mechanism of of dealing with this, uh, making sure we get enough of these. Now, antioxidants occur in in groups and families. The the main groupings are fat-soluble, water-soluble, without going into too much depth. But one thing to realize is that antioxidants, they're actually kind of electric in their properties. Uh, They are... What are called antioxidants are materials that have extra electrons that they can donate to stop a free radical uh, chain reaction that is tearing electrons from other cells. And, and the way it's doing that, it's, it's almost like a spark and an electrical charge running through the body and having extra electrons stops that from spreading and quenches that reaction and stops the uh, tearing of electrons from cells damaging cells. So it's almost like a fire brigade in the way it's working, but on an electrical charge. Uh, So, you know, it's very interesting the way it works, but uh, bottom line is once an antioxidant donates electron or sometimes multiple electrons if it has those, it can actually become oxidative itself, an oxidant instead of an antioxidant. And it needs other antioxidants, other forms of antioxidants to stop, to protect and restore itself. They call that reducing it from an oxidative state to a reductive state or an antioxidant state. So antioxidants work best together in families. Uh, You might notice health food stores sell vitamin C, but more commonly we sell vitamin C complexes. Right. That we sell antioxidant complexes that have vitamins A, C, and E, and often the mineral selenium with it, and zinc's another uh, antioxidant mineral. Uh, Copper has both oxidative and antioxidant properties that uh, needed to make certain forms of SOD, which is another antioxidant enzyme in the body. So, you know, you have these nutrients, including vitamins and minerals, that have these antioxidant properties and protect cells uh, using them. And But there's a lot of other substances, too. We've got uh, quercetin, uh, NAC, that have uh, antioxidant properties as well. There's, there's plenty of herbs. Elderberry is uh, believed to work on viruses by... Uh, uh, it doesn't actually work on viruses, but it works on immune cells by supplying uh, these some of these antioxidant properties, uh, free radical quenching properties that reduces oxidative stress in these cells, that they are more resistant to any invasive organism like a virus that comes in, and is looking for oxidative stress. So the uh, the natural antioxidant type compound in elderberry is one way that that's achieved. Uh, So having a variety of antioxidants is really a a better idea than loading up heavy, heavy, heavy on one. Now NAC has some interesting properties uh, because of its effect on glutathione levels in the body. It is known to help uh, the liver detoxify compounds, including people who get uh, too much uh, acetaminophen, uh, it helps protect the liver uh, during that and then helps the liver to detoxify that. In the in the case of uh, respiratory tract and the lungs, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, uh, actually helps to loosen mucus in the lungs, which helps to uh, get junk out of the lungs, you know, the, an ex, almost an expectorant-type effect where uh, a more fluid mucus can out of the lungs and that, not uh, clog up the lungs and affect the breathing as much. And that's uh, one of the reasons it's been used, uh, reducing oxidative stress, uh, maintaining a healthy mucosal membrane in the lungs that is not getting too thick or ineffective. So it, you know, these things have multiple properties. These are nutrients, so they don't do one thing. You know, when we're looking at zinc, for example, a well-known mineral for immunity, you know, it's got a couple hundred different uh, chemical reactions it does in the body and enzymatic uh, systems it impacts. So, you know, we're looking at a wide range of activities and many of them overlap to enhance our immunity.
0: Let me ask you another question. Obviously, we should still be doing the things that we all know about, getting rest, drinking fluids, hydrating, and, you know, doing all the things we need to do. I mean, it's kind of hard for the body to do recovery when we're still pushing it to the max.
1: Well, sure. I mean, exercise does stress the body and immunity. Uh, uh, talking some 30 years ago with Dr. Michael Colgan, a uh, World Authority on uh, uh, Olympic training and then nutrition, uh, he mentioned that one of the techniques they use was to somebody's working out uh, they take their temperature in the morning before they get up out of bed and if there's an elevation of temp- you know body temperature due to over exercise the day before they go to light exercises that day they don't they don't try to have heavy exercise and stress them out more and they said that it is not unusual that a marathon runner would run a fever after a marathon either so uh, the the body is you know showing signs of stress when the body temperature elevates that's one of the signals people can use to determine if how much stress their body's under if if you're starting to run a fever for whatever reason you know you don't want to do heavy exercise or anything like that you want to be be sure and uh, take care of your body
0: If you're getting these and you get over them, do you build up in immunity or can you get them more than one time?
1: Well, as we've seen with uh, cold, flu, and COVID, you can get them more than once because you're getting different evolving strains of these organisms. So you're not getting the same strain twice. You're getting a different strain that your immune system can't quite figure out and handle. Uh, based on before now the traditional immunity i mean we had childhood vaccinations and things where you get a a vaccine and it works for a lifetime or you get a booster maybe when you're in your 50s or something you know where where you're getting a persistent immunity that is not the case with viruses nowadays they evolve too quickly
0: Mm -hmm. here's a question just came in it says a lot of these things that you talk about probably sound like they're more made for adults. What if my teenagers are getting sick? Can they take some of the things you're talking about as well? They're 16 and older.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at uh, the RDAs or daily values is, is what they show up uh, on, uh, and on product labels, you're seeing that uh, there's very little difference between nutritional requirements for teenagers and adults. You know, there there might be some, you know, it might be small, but it's not a huge difference like there would be with an infant and an adult. So in general, uh, I'd say if you're going with, uh, you know, you're not just heavily dosing on a single product, you're going with a formula that's designed for adults that will probably be fine for, uh, you know, someone who's a high school junior, senior, you know, that kind of age. You know they're they're almost virtually adults in size. In some cases, their nutritional requirements might be greater because they're still growing. But in other ones, uh, their body size isn't as big, and they tend to downsize the dosing a little bit. But it's not a huge difference. Uh, I would say in general, these things would be. You know, I mean, uh, looking at the, right now the alibiotic CDZ, it's 100 milligrams of C. It's 1,000 IU of vitamin D, it's 7.5 milligrams of zinc. You know, There's nothing extreme there that you would have to worry about. Uh, you're giving too much of these to someone of that age.
0: Okay. Here, here's a question. It says, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I do take a lot of supplements already, but I want to do an arsenal for this because everyone at my business is getting sick, and so far I've missed it. Can I take this alibiotic? Can I take the quercetin? Can I take NAC? Can I take them all? Or do I have to select from the group?
1: You can mix and match these, and it's okay to take them all. But one thing I would suggest is look at taking a multivitamin and make sure you're covering your essential bases before you start trying to jazz it up with other things. You know, Maybe your multi doesn't have so much C or D or zinc and you want a little more. That's fine uh the multi is not going to have nac you know it's not going to have uh the probiotics in there and any reasonable amount that the body would need you know there's there's a lot of things like that you know it's fine to add these other things but look at your nutritional base you know don't expect that if you're missing essential nutrients that you can somehow utilize these other things efficiently because the Uh, metabolism, the enzyme systems in the body require cofactors that are vitamins and minerals in order to produce what the body needs. You're not, you can take all the NAC you want and you're not going to produce glutathione without the other amino acids, without the uh, vitamins and minerals required for the enzymes that actually make that conversion. So you, you need to make sure that you're getting your basic essential nutrients one way or another. And it's extremely safe and extremely easy to just take a multivitamin. And you know, when you're taking multivitamins, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at gummies, I would take a second look at them because they tend to formulate them with very low potencies or even no potencies of things that don't taste good or are not very stable in the liquids that are used to make these uh, formulas. These are made by candy manufacturers who are expanding into the supplement category. And their quality controls, their levels of nutrients controlling that well, uh, their stability, uh, and their ability to use ingredients that don't taste good tend to be lacking. So when I'm looking at multivitamins, for example, I might find the zinc is extremely low or missing, that they don't have all eight B vitamins in there because they don't all taste good or they're not all stable in that matrix. You know, compare labels between a gummy and a non-gummy and you might be surprised to find out some essential nutrients may be missing or very, very weak in the gummy form. So I don't recommend the gummies for that. Gummies are fine for, you know, if you're taking elderberry or, you know, something like that, but for the nutrients, they tend to stay away from the bad tasting ones that are still essential.
0: Okay. I think there's just a lot of confusion out there right now. I think a lot of people are just, you know, just trying to find a comfortable way to kind of get a grip on this. And, you know, and if you're listening to the media, it's just very, very confusing. So Hopefully, we're bringing some clarity to this today. So, you know, it's not so confusing.
1: Yep. And, and another uh, popular combination people use is called quercetin and bromelain. Quercetin is a free radical fighter, and antioxidant in the colloquial that is found in red onions and red apples in the greatest amount. And, you know, we've all heard of using apples and onions to support immunity, you know, an apple a day, and people eating onions when they have a cold, and that kind of thing. Uh, but one of the reasons is uh, partially because they contain some sulfur compounds in the, and as well as the allicin if you get fresh garlic and, and onions. But uh, you're also getting these polyphenols and antioxidant type compounds in them that have, again, benefits on immunity. So quercetin is one of the strongest ones. It's often been used for benefits for respiratory tract and things like that. Uh, the enzyme bromelain from pineapples enhances the absorption of quercetin. Uh, quercetin actually absorbs better when you take it with a meal because uh, it's uh, at least somewhat fat-soluble. Right. So you know quercetin, bromelain, bromelain enhances absorption, bromelain... Actually helps with the uh, being able to work on the uh, membranes, like cell membranes of uh, of things it's trying to degrade. It gets rid of debris in the body, so it helps. It's a cleaning crew, but it also is part of the immune system. Uh, Bromelain's been used between meals to clean up proteins, and that could be debris from the immune system attacking uh, viruses or or bacteria or any kind of uh, demolition. Uh, I I consider antioxidants uh, one control for the body's uh, military and demolition team. And And the body is using oxidation in both a destructive way for cleaning up debris like, like uh you know getting rid of something that that needs to be gotten rid of that's uh, cellular debris or things like that you know normal met- metabolic debris but also part of its weaponry for the immune system using okay. oxidation like hand grenades attacking cells that, well, that's that, a that good, doesn't that's like a-
0: that's that's a good visual. I like that one.
1: Yeah, um, so oxidation a... is a weapon and it's a demolition tool. And mm-hmm. the way the body controls it is with antioxidant compounds. You know, the polyphenols, the vitamins, the minerals, uh, some of these herbs and, and fruit extracts. Uh, they're all ways of the body controlling them. And bromelain, although it's an enzyme, has a role in that too, cleaning up this debris and keeping things uh running smoothly without a lot of junk in
0: there well i do appreciate it thank you for being here today and i wish you and yours a wonderful holiday and thanks for the clarity today neil and thanks for a whole year full of wonderful shows
1: i look forward to doing it again and always a pleasure my friend stay healthy during the holidays
0: you too and my best to you and yours have a great day my guest today, Neil Levin, representing Now Foods. Now Foods all throughout Stay Healthy Health Food Store. Great everyday low prices, amazing quality, and integrity in the entire line. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, you'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town and Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. They are Las Vegas's oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. Don't forget to call them at 877 249. 948772494 mail order services are available and you can also on those busy times they can get everything together for you so you could just run in swoop in pick it up and be on your way cuz what we don't want to do is start getting great results and then not keep up to date and in stock of the things that we need don't forget you can also visit their newly revamped webpage stayhealthylasvegas.com you can print coupons uh you can get alerts Two specials. You can listen to any of the radio show podcasts. Enter your email address and you'll get that monthly newsletter as well. StayHealthyLasVegas.com. Don't forget to fill out the slip at the store uh, for their monthly basket giveaway. They give away awesome baskets for some of their favorite companies. They start at like $150 in value and they go way up from there. Uh, just for coming in and filling out a slip once again 840 south rancho drive in the rancho town and country center on the northwest corner of rancho and charleston right next to smith's 877-2494 and their webpage, page stay healthy i hope you have a wonderful day and a great weekend stay healthy we need you god bless Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy radio show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health and well-being. With the best guest in the industry helping us all to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are available at stayhealthylasvegas.com. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer. The store hours, Monday through Saturday from 9 to 6 p.m., closed on Sunday. Stay Healthy provides exceptional service and outstanding knowledge every day. I hope to talk with all of you soon. Stay Healthy.